Welcome to Whatever the Case, Stryker's official ASC podcast, which features interviews with leading experts in the ASC space, focused on the clinical, operational, and financial considerations that go into ASC ownership. We hope to bring you valuable perspectives and insights to enhance your understanding of the ASC market. Because whatever the case, we've got you covered. I'm excited to be joined today for our first episode of 2024 by Michael McLean, founder of Left Coast Healthcare Advisors. Michael's tenure in healthcare has spanned over 20 years as both a physician assistant and experienced healthcare executive within physician groups, health systems, and ASCs. Prior to founding Left Coast Healthcare Advisors, Michael oversaw over 40 ASCs across seven states for a large Catholic health system. And in addition to his experience, Michael is incredibly involved and very connected to the ASC industry and is a nationally recognized speaker. So Michael, again, thank you for being here. And I would love for you to tell us a bit more about yourself and also talk to us about Left Coast Healthcare Advisors. Well, thanks for having me, Dana. I really appreciate it. And, it, and it's funny when I listen to that, it's hard to believe that uh, I've done all of that. I mean, I'm originally a, a kid from Michigan, you know, a single child of a single parent. Uh, I'm the first kid to go to college. And so it's kind of interesting that I look back 20 years and, and realize, you know, paramedic hospitalist, uh, executive leader, hospital executive, I would have never thought that. Uh, and so I've had a really fortunate opportunity in healthcare, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today and talk a little bit about, you know, ASCs and specifically about Left Coast. Um, Left Coast is, is an organization I founded uh, a little over a year ago, and it's really focused on the strategic development operations and management of uh, ambulatory surgery facilities, ASCs, and hospital outpatient departments. Um, you know, we go from strategy to uh, all the way down to operational execution. And, and our consultants, uh, members of my team, are all professional operators. And so we help ASCs, medical groups, hospitals, really take their ambulatory surgery vision. And we, we take it from concept to reality uh, using our background as operators, you know, people who've run and built and worked in these spaces um, to really create strategies to help uh, hold their hands through it, uh, not just deliver a strategy, but a, in an end product where they want to be uh, all the way through the process. Awesome. Well, thank you for the overview and again for being here. Um, and I actually, I came across and met Michael um, prior to him founding Left Coast Healthcare Advisors, but um, I saw him speaking at an ASE conference and I remember just telling myself, you know, wow, like this guy really gets it um, and seems to have such a well-rounded ASC perspective from both, you know, experience working with ASCs from the physician group perspective, obviously from a major health system perspective. So we're just really excited to have you on and and learn from you today. Um, and and far left too coast. Far too <laughs> yes. Well, all the truth, though. Um, so really, thank you for being here. Um, and Left Coast Healthcare Advisors recently put out a five-part educational series called the ASC Checkup Series. And it caught my attention on LinkedIn. And I thought it'd be a really great topic to explore and offer some good advice um, and education on things that ASC leaders should be considering for the overall health of their organizations. Um, so that's what we'll go into today. So Michael, give us, a, give us an overview on the Checkup Series. Sure. And, and, and thanks for bringing it up. You know, we started a, a series on LinkedIn back a, a number of, of weeks ago where, you know, we wanted to break down uh, into a simple playbook. How can we help support our independent ASCs? And so we really came up with this concept of a, of a, a, a playbook, if you will, a, a simple set of checkups uh, that touched on several different areas to help keep them moving. You know, we've watched, especially over the last couple of years, a lot of changes in the reimbursement landscape. Um, you know, while we've seen reimbursement somewhat static on the commercial side, we've seen Medicare make some improvements, but 
sometimes even when Medicare starts adding procedures, that has a detrimental effect on facilities and their reimbursement on the commercial side, because now there's a, a, a benchmark to set rates against. And you add those reimbursement pressures to pressures in the labor market, not just on clinical and technical staff, but surgeons and anesthesiologists. Um, you know, finding qualified providers is becoming more difficult. Uh, I, I know everyone's familiar with the, the challenges we've seen in, in the increasing cost of capital, not just the cost to build from a, a parts perspective, but the cost of money, the cost of, of interest rates, and the labor that comes along with building projects. You know, the cost of capital is at an all-time high, although it looks like we're seeing a little improvement. Mm-hmm. And then I think the biggest reason we saw some value in being able to bring these simple simple tools forward is things, you know, we're not seeing nearly the level of physician engagement and alignment that we've seen in the past. Uh, a lot of physician burnout, uh, a lot of consolidation in the market. Mm-hmm. And and I personally feel, and, and I think a lot would agree, that that's really potentially disconnecting the decision-making from our providers as we see more administrative and or executive leadership uh, when you start to separate physicians from decision-making, sometimes it's a little bit harder to get control where your business is going. Yeah. Yep. So talk to us about, you know, the product of that and these five elements that that you've developed to really just keep a pulse on, you know, wellness of an ASC. Yeah. Uh, thanks. You know, we really think about, you know, we think about ASC measure of, of, of healthiness or, or wellness in five real categories. We look at operational health, which is really all about people. Um, you know, how are your staff, how are your physicians doing? We talk, we think about financial health uh, in terms of money, metrics, reimbursement, margin, clinical health, which is really focused on processes around clinical operations that touch patients, so clinical quality. Uh, we think that uh, physical plant or building health, how, how, does, how well is your building prepared to provide the services that you're looking to provide? And then future health, uh, you know, which we think about as growth planning. You know, everybody wants growth, but not every type of growth is right for every business. And so our goal was to put together a series that sort of gave people opportunities to measure their performance, uh, maybe create some some stickies, uh, sticky notes to put on the side of their, their monitor to double check their performance and be able to uh, just eyeball their performance at a quick level. That's great. And I know we don't have um, time to go into all five of the elements today, um, but certainly all really good topics and would encourage um, individuals to actually go to the checkup series on your LinkedIn. Um, but I think let's let's talk a little bit about financial health. And, you know, you mentioned obviously changes to the reimbursement landscape. And um, in your series, one of the first questions you address um, is, are you being paid correctly? So what should ASCs be doing to evaluate their reimbursement? Yeah, thanks for that. You know, uh, financial health, a lot of times our, our clients and our, our colleagues in the industry they want to measure all of their performance by are we, you know, are we doing well? Are we driving our margin? Are we growing? But it's it's really more uh, important to understand the how and why you're getting paid, uh, not just enough to understand what you're getting paid. And so we really think about how do you create uh, simple multi-purpose tools using documents that you see every day or reports that you see every day, but change around the structure of how you use those reports. Uh, and really start with good data uh, and then dive into what are what should you be paid? 
What are you getting paid uh, and what can you do about it to make sure that you're being reimbursed what you should be reimbursed? And so we think about two or three different things. Uh, you know, we think about contract grids, uh, encouraging folks to, to actually take every physical contract they have and get it documented, meaning what are the important things like term date, termination date? What are you supposed to be paid by CPT? Are there special multiple procedure logics, but really get all those elements documented. So when you get paid, you can back into, did I get paid correctly? You should also have a, a guide for reimbursement and, and charge master tracking. And when I talk about that, it's comparing your reimbursement to your charges. Are you charging enough uh, according to your contract? Uh, a, a good win for anybody to sort of take a peek at is if you have any areas where you're charging, uh, a certain rate and you're getting paid 100% of that rate, uh, it's unusual that you don't have a discount to your charges. And so that may be a flag that there's an opportunity maybe to raise a charge or maybe to make sure that your contract is actually paying you appropriately. We also really push on this idea of, you know, utilize your existing reports uh, and, and highlight potential gaps, but don't use them in isolation or in a silo. Uh, I use the term interrogate. Uh, you know, interrogate your PL, interrogate yeah. your lifecycle reports, right? Th that becomes so important to look at both your profit and liability statement, your revenue cycle reporting. Look at those combinations of tools uh, and, and interrogate them. If you are seeing an increase in a particular uh, surgeon's business, is that translating directly to the PL? Do you see the increased costs for that procedure hitting the expense side? And then are you seeing that reimbursement hit 30 days later, 45 days later, 60 days later? There should be a, a natural ebb and flow. As you have busier months, your expenses should rise. As you have slower months, your expenses should drop. Uh, the same goes with things like labor or implants. Uh, you have more implants in a month, you should see changes. And then you tie that to your payer information. Uh, I had more Medicare patients this month. What will that do to not just the rev cycle, we, we know we did a lot of Medicare hips this month. We'll see implant prices go up on the expense side. We should see charges ride on the Medicare side, but Medicare generally pays pretty quickly. So we should also see that reimbursement come back. So it's using those existing tools, plus the things like contract grids um, and, and constantly tying back your financial purport, uh, performance to your operational data, and then document questions. You see something that's wrong, grab it, write it down. And, and, and interrogate it and watch for trends. Because trends, uh, you know, for, for us, trends are the, are the biggest trouble, is that if you start to see trends that go in the wrong direction, if you're not, if you're not actively looking for those trends to change, what happens is, is you can get caught by surprise three or four months later when it's affecting you in much bigger ways. So that's that making that time to really focus on your data is critical focus on these reports, assign the time, give yourself permission to close the door, lock the door, hide behind the door, whatever you have to do, but make that a priority mm -hmm. uh, in creating that information and that data. Okay, that, that's great. I think one, probably one other thing I would add when I think about financial health is that, you know, we talk to a lot of ASCs, all ASCs are getting surveyed. Um, you know, don't forget that your financial information uh, and improving your financial state, whether it be adding information, adding reports, et cetera. They make great copy projects, so great performance improvement projects. Documenting your improvement, uh, documenting that you identified a trend that you need help with and maybe want to reach out to a third party. 
Uh, all of that is information that surveyors look at as evidence of continuing uh, performance evaluation and improvement. And if you build those in to standing agenda items for reporting on your governing board meetings, you build in quarterly or annually uh, surveys from outside firms who can help with coding audits or charting audits or mock surveys. If you document those, get them into your governing board minutes, you're doing half the work for your quality reporting metrics as well, and you're getting the bonus of improving your business. So keeping those connected and well-documented is really important. And how do you um, kind of maintain, or, or what advice would you give for just kind of maintaining all of these tools and just ensuring that um, you're making good use of them? So I, I think it all starts from having a plan. And so I think the first thing that you do is identify what's the monthly set of metrics, whether I can see them or not see them yet today. What's the set of metrics I want to see and create the reporting of those metrics as a standing agenda item on your regular governance board meeting and your regular staff meeting. So that's first, have a plan. Second is then identify what information do I need to get from my existing systems? Do I need to combine a rev cycle report with a payer mix report and a contract grid? How do I find all three elements and then create something that's easy, uh, reproducible, uh, that I can spend an hour or two every month focused on? Because I think that when you have your own internal dashboard that you are responsible for getting the information in, uh, not an electronic switch, not an automated one, but one that you've decided you're going to do as an administrator, it forces you to, to really consider what are the levers that I want to pull what are the levers available to me? I can see increases in revenue, decreases in expense. I can see the impact that, that uh, late starts have on my patients because my staff is going later and later. It gives a great reason to get into more data and then it allows you to take that report on your standing agenda and report it and improve upon it each month because anything you look at automatically improves just by mm -hmm. looking at it, right? Yep. I, you know, uh, uncertainty principles just the fact of observing it has an impact on it. So shine a light on the areas you want more information about. Make sure you share it with your physicians and you will get that uh, feedback of helping you find time and helping you find that assigned uh, ability or I'm sorry, that assigned uh, time and space to do this work. Because honestly, this is the bread and butter of running ASCs. It's mm -hmm. digging in just like your checkbook. Yep. Awesome. That's really great and, and practical and appreciate you sharing those um, those things. So um, let's transition a little bit. And obviously, we're all focused on the here and now. And the industry is growing. Um, more procedures are migrating. More physicians interested in operating in this environment and have a stake. Um, and we at Stryker, we're working hard to help provide education to, to leaders as well, just to ensure that they're successful, um, not just now, but also in the future. So um, what should ASC leaders be focusing on now to proactively set them up for, for future success and kind of future-proof their organizations? Uh, that's a really good question. I think that, I think that the answer varies based on uh, a couple of different things. Uh, I think the first element that it varies on is really understanding, are you looking to grow uh, your business in a, in a particular space or are you looking to expand? And so as I think about future-proofing, it's understanding how do you want to grow? Um, you know, I, I make the joke all the time that uh, growth, everybody wants growth, but is it going to be same store, same, same business type, same types of procedures, or is it new procedures? Is it new physicians? Is it new facilities? 
Uh, or is it just simply working hard to get paid better for the work that you do today? Those are all elements of growth and sort of understanding that no matter what you want to do, it's got to start with your physicians and sort of that physician alignment and physician first. Uh, it's not building, not location, not procedure first. It's, it's physician first. And if you can understand the motivations of those individual physicians, they drive the dynamics or, or the physician dynamic drives that ASC success. You know, I've made the joke and I'm going to do it again because one of my favorites. Uh, if you've seen one ASC, you've seen one. Mm -hmm. uh, they're so variable. It's really hard to say what are going to be the right uh, growth dynamics that you have to adapt to. So start with the physicians. What are they looking to accomplish? Long-term growth, maybe growth of their equity. Maybe they're looking to partner and expand their business. Or maybe it's just simply a way as a, an, a practice extension of keeping their professional practice efficient. And they're far less concerned about the performance of the ASC uh, than they are about being able to maintain that really tight control over patient care and the efficiency of scheduling for the day. It's critical to understand where the physicians want to go first and then help uh, migrate them through a path. Well, first of all, it's funny that you love and share the quote. If you've seen one ASC, you've seen one ASC. We, we also um, speak that quote quite often here at Stryker as well. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, thinking about physicians and aligning them and understanding their motivation. So, so once that's taken place, you know, what's next? Well, I think the first thing is always to align the expectations, align the expectations of the surgeons, align the expectations for growth. And, and you probably heard me talk with a little bit of passion about the finance area. I think a lot of those expectations start with what's the reimbursement strategy. Um, everybody wants to grow more cases. Uh, how and where they come from uh, will quite often drive your reimbursement strategy. And, and what do I mean by that? Let's say a, a, a thriving ASC wants to add total joints, total hips to their, their portfolio. Their surgeons are doing those cases today. They're doing them in the hospital, but their payer contracts may not be built uh, to a to reimburse appropriately for those cases. In that case, uh, understanding where the total joints will be coming from is critical for that payer conversation. Uh, are they coming from a higher cost facility, maybe a hospital or hospital outpatient department where the payer stands to see a lot of savings with the transition of care? Uh, or is it coming from area facilities, that, uh, area ASCs, where maybe a rate's already established uh, and it's gonna be much harder to get a premium reimbursement in that market uh, because payers are already paying for that service at a fixed fee somewhere down the street. Uh, so understanding where the reimbursement uh, or where the cases are coming from helps drive the reimbursement. And also, is it really important to understand the why? Why is the change? Is the change just to help the ASC grow? Is it because physicians are migrating from one facility to another? Is this just a natural progression of maybe a new physician or a new partner joining a group? Uh, understanding what the goal is of adding these volumes. Uh, rarely do I find that physicians and ASCs just add stuff because. Uh, so, so knowing that why is really important. And then finally, being conservative <laughs> as you think about moving forward. Um, uh, you know, we talk all the time about, you know, build it and they won't come, where we build a much too big uh, a facility that's much larger than needed, uh, or you expand services too quickly, be very realistic and conservative on, on size, equipment, uh, and, and case volume, because it takes time to grow these programs and be successful. Um, it also is important to understand, is there going to be someone involved uh, in addition to the physicians? Is it taking on new partners, mm -hmm. managers, maybe these big things like joint ventures? Uh, you know, How do you start to incorporate those 
uh, folks in your growth strategies. And again, it all starts at the beginning with understanding expectations. Absolutely. So if I know we've talked a lot about physicians here, um, but when you do start to incorporate a partner um, or you're considering a joint venture, um, how can you ensure that you're kind of aligned um, with those individuals as well? Yeah, um, you know, I think it all starts with trust, uh, in which is a really hard thing to to find initially. Um, but starting with from an element of trust is that the last thing you want to do is take on a partnership where there isn't trust. Uh, because that just leads to downstream challenges. Uh, but what's really important is to do your homework. And, and what I mean by that is to really understand what you're looking for uh, in terms of a, a partner or a manager, uh, or if you're in, entering a joint venture, are you looking for uh, capital support? Are you looking for uh, financial support? Maybe it's combining organizations to grow a bigger footprint really understanding that that for physicians in particular, you know, the ASC is only part of a larger partnership. Um, ASCs extend physician practices. They make physicians more effective, more efficient. Uh, the patient outcomes drive more volume to their practice. And so what is the value to the overall practice uh, as part of this ASC strategy if we're talking about a joint venture? And then doing the hard work of aligning value propositions uh, for each of these partners. And that means you know, let's say you're looking for a partner to help you grow business in a market and the thing that you need the most is improved payer contracting. Does this partner really bring that? Um, the same can be said for ASC management companies, for private equity firms. What specific skills or abilities do they bring to your market? Maybe they bring great operations. Maybe they bring high value contracts. Maybe it's just capital. Um, understanding that every partner potentially has a slightly different uh, value proposition to bring, being able to align with, I really need this and this partner can offer it. That goes hand in hand with decision-making. Um, you know, I said early in our conversation here that that more and more we see physicians and providers being separated from decision-making. Um, you want to make sure if you're going to take on a new partner, a manager, a JV, that you really have the ability to have your clinical voice heard uh, and making sure that the decision-making that happens after the stale is still consistent with what your physicians and administrative leadership are looking for. And then developing those realistic timelines, realistic costs and expense profiles, and not just for the first 18 months. Um, we talk in terms of two, three, four years out. It's always going to take longer than you expect. It's always going to cost more money. It's just like doing your kitchen. It's always going to take longer. It's always going to cost more money. <laughs> and most importantly, uh, expect to have to negotiate and compromise. Because nobody walks away with everything they wanted. Uh, everybody walking away with a eh, pretty good feeling, right. but maybe not the best. That's a sign of a great partnership starting off. Everybody had to negotiate and compromise a bit. Uh, and there's lots of folks that can help you through those kind of conversations. But it, nothing short chain or nothing uh, works better than starting by doing your homework. Figure out who you want to be when you grow up. That's great. All right, Michael. Thank you again for being here today. Um, you guys are really putting out some great content and I appreciate you walking us through a few parts of your ASC um, checkup series and we would love to have you on again. You know, thank you so much. And uh, I guess I'm pretty happy you stopped by a, a, a former panel discussion because um, this has been great and we would be happy to come back anytime. Michael McLean's views expressed in this podcast are his own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Stryker. To learn more about Stryker's ASC business, visit www.stryker.com slash ASC.